hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. We are here with you every Wednesday. If you miss a show and you want to catch up, you can do so. Just go to our website. It's xmlfg.com. Once again, it's xmlfg.com. That's where you can find the last five or six shows. Right now, we have all of them up there, but it's getting a little bulky. So, We're going to remove some of the older ones in the next week or two. And if you want to go further back than that, well, you can just go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Google, or wherever podcasts live, and you'll be able to find them there. If you go to the website, you can find out more about us and what we do for our day jobs. And you'll notice that we've left up the annual outlook. We've gotten a lot of requests from people, especially because of the market volatility. So, We left it up there and now you can go back and you can watch it. All you have to do is register. It'll take you right there. Now, each week I'm trying to do my level best to give you ideas that you can take away and research on your own to see if any of them make sense for you. You always need to do your own research and make sure they're appropriate for your situation. You don't just buy something because you heard it on a podcast or you happen to see it on TV. No, you need to do your own research. Today, you might want to put on your overalls, grab your hard hat and get ready because we are taking a trip out to the oil patch where we're going to be drilling for values. Now, the big question is, What's going on with the markets? After weeks of weeks of droning on and on about the market setting a new higher, I can finally say something different. Last week, the market suffered what many people would call a long overdue pullback to the tune of about 4%, which was the biggest weekly sell-off since June 2016. Then we started this week off with even a bigger decline on Monday, somewhere around 1,100 points. It was feeling like a little bit too far, too fast. So let's put this correction into perspective. Now, I know technically a correction has to be 10% or more, but for most of you, I don't think you'll argue that this feels like a correction. So for some perspective here, a drop in the S&P to its 50-day moving average. That's a technical level some folks look at. Now, a drop to that level would set the market back just about 6% to near the 2,700 level. That's the level it was on on January 3rd, just over a month ago. A 10% drawdown would push the market below the 2,600 level, a level we got to and a level that it was around Thanksgiving time. We've gotten there, or close to it, as I said. Thus, we've given back about the last two months of returns. One of the market's concerns has to do with inflation and bond yields. Last Friday, we got the jobs report, which showed a 0.3% 
monthly rise in average hourly earnings, which pushed the yearly increase to just shy of 3%. And that got a lot of people talking about inflation. Inflation can show up in a number of ways. Two I talked about at the annual outlook were wages and oil prices. With unemployment sitting at around 4.1%, we're probably getting darn near that level where I call full employment. And once you hit that level, obviously it's a tight labor market and employers have to start competing for employees. And they do that by offering higher wages and benefits. It took a while for this to grab hold, but I think we're starting to see the early signs of wage inflation and oil. Oil has been on a tear since last September. And we'll talk about the energy patch here in just a bit. So what's with what's inflation have to do with all this? Well, investors are a little worried that inflation could pick up, which would encourage the Fed to continue to raise interest rates. Higher interest rates create more competition for your investment dollars. Think of it like this. If you can go out and buy a bond that's paying 5% because rates have gone up, well, you might think twice about buying stocks and taking the risk in the market. This scenario also raises the risk of a monetary policy mistake. So all eyes are now on the Fed and its new chairman and how they manage artificially low interest rates in a growing economy. Now, I don't think we'll see runaway inflation, but just enough to keep the Fed raising rates at a good pace. And I don't see recession this year either. Maybe next year, but not this year. And I'll tell you, the market is pretty good at sniffing out recessions, usually about six months in advance. But for now, things look pretty darn good. Earnings continue to come in. For this year, IBES, which is Thompson Router Service, well, they're forecasting 18% earnings growth, 18%. And S&P is forecasting 23% earnings growth, 23%. Now, the difference between the two is how they account for one-time charges, but it really doesn't matter. doesn't matter which one you use. The point is, is that earnings should have a blowout type of year. This correction is healthy. Last year, we didn't have a pullback of more than 3% all year long. And historically, the markets get a 10% correction about once a year. This is good for the long-term investor because hopefully it'll unwind some of the excessive optimism we've had, especially of late and lead to more attractive valuations in the market. Even if we have hit the lows, it's not unusual for the market to test them. I say, let's try and not guess where the market is going in the short term, because in my opinion, it's pretty darn near impossible to do so. Rather, let's stay focused on the fundamentals and see if we can pick up some values great companies that you think are inexpensive. We need to step away for a minute. When we come back, we're going to go drilling in the energy sector. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We are back in a moment. You've worked hard. You've saved and invested along the way. 
Now you wanna make sure all your hard work pays off so you can do what matters most to you, whether it's giving back to your community or ensuring a safe, comfortable retirement, it's never too late to start planning. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. If you want someone who can help you navigate the investment landscape, then please visit us at our website, xmlfg.com or call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join me today. Let's put on our car hearts. Let's grab our hard hats and let's go drilling for some values here. We're talking about the oil patch. Now, that's a pretty broad term, just like healthcare. Healthcare means the big pharmas, the biotechs, the medical device makers, hospitals, insurers. And with energy, it's just as broad. I'm going to talk about two areas I like and one, well, I don't particularly care for right now. Let's start with the big integrated companies like ExxonMobil, Chevron, Royal Dutch, British Petroleum. These companies usually have a mix of oil and gas, and they're referred to as integrated because they have both the upstream and the downstream. Now, the upstream is the part of the business that drills for oil and gas, and the downstream refers to the side of the business that refines the raw product and market it. Thus, these companies are a bit more diversified as opposed to being just a refiner or just an exploration company. Usually, one side of the business is going to be zigging while the other side of the business is zagging. Hopefully, they balance each other out over the course of time. Over the last few years, this industry has gone through its shares of ups and downs. And I mean, it shares of ups and downs. Oil prices have gone from 115 back in June of 2014 to under $30 in February of 2016. And right now, oil is about $65. These huge fluctuations have caused the industry to transform itself to the point where I think they're much leaner and more efficient. These companies' share prices tend to trade pretty closely to what the commodity is doing. So, I think it's going to be beneficial if we look real quickly at supply and demand. Oil stocks, as in the stockpiles, have dropped pretty steadily. U.S. crude inventories are down, and even OPEC is keeping a lid on its production. And as most of you know, it's no secret the world's economies are growing. And if they're growing, the demand for energy is going to rise. The emerging markets in China, well, they tend to be the key determinants of overall oil demand. And we're seeing the pickup in their demand growing by about a million and a half barrels a day. I think this sets up well for the integrated companies. The one I like here is Chevron, symbol CVX. And I think you can buy it now. And I've talked about it on the show before, and I reviewed it in the annual outlook. So I won't do it again today. But I think it's a buy here. That's my favorite. You could also look at something like BP, 
British Petroleum. They just reported really good earnings. The CEO, Bob Dudley, says that BP is firing on all cylinders and looking to generate much higher levels of free cash flow all the way through the decade and beyond. That's, of course, what you'd expect a CEO to say, but it's probably not far from reality. For me, BP is a little bit of a lesser quality balance sheet wise, but in return, you get a much higher dividend than CVX. I prefer CVX. I'll let you do your own research on those two. Another subsector that I like are the energy services companies. As oil regains its footing, and as long as oil prices stay above 50, which I think they do, you could see a pickup in CapEx spending because the oil companies can make money at $50 oil. You've already seen it here in the U.S., but not so much overseas, at least not yet. That's CapEx spending. Now, going back to BP for a second, Dudley also commented on the earnings call that they've been in growth mode and have made the largest commissioning of projects in company history. And even though Exxon and Chevron missed on the earnings front this last quarter, Exxon did say that they would bump domestic capital spending to $50 billion over the next five years with new projects and investments comprising 70% of the five, $5 billion. They cited the new U.S. tax law as the reason behind the announcement, and that tax reform has the potential to drive the industry CapEx plans. If the integrated guys are drilling, they're going to need the equipment to do so, and that's why I like oil services. My sense is that you'll see more announcements like Exxon, which could unlock the value of the equipment maker stocks. Your choices here are companies like Schlumberger, symbol SLB, Halliburton, symbol uh, HAL. Those are the two biggies. And then you also have other companies like National Oil Well Varco, symbol NOV. Those are the more speculative ones, in my opinion. Schlumberger, SLB, that's probably the best of them. And then maybe Halliburton, who knows? But my problem is is that I don't think they're really good companies. I mean, really good companies, the quality that I like to own. Although I think you could see an upturn in the industry, I have a really hard time buying any one of the oil service uh, companies. Historically, I don't think they've been that well managed. So I think this is really one of the rare cases where I'd prefer to buy a basket of them. I really like the sector, but the individual companies, well, not so much. So I like the integrated energy companies and the oil services. Let's talk about the one subsector that I'm not so enamored with, and that's the refiners. They've had a pretty decent run here, primarily because of the havoc that the hurricanes caused. Now, now, I think they're facing some headwinds, which makes me want to stay away from the individual names, folks like Valero, symbol VLO, for a couple of reasons. First, refining margins are under pressure as the Brent and WTI crude oil spread is steadily narrowing. Historically, refining margins and this oil price spread, the spread between Brent and WTI, 
They've been joined at the hip and things aren't looking so great now in that respect. Secondly, you have a diverging inventory backdrop that points towards margin trouble. Refined product inventories are outpacing crude supplies, warning that a further softening in the crack spreads is in the cards. In fact, crude inventories are whittled down, whereas gas and dissolute fuel stocks, well, they're built up. Let me sum this up because I know there's a lot of mumbo jumbo in there that you may not understand if you don't follow the oil stocks. But basically, for the refiners, you have the cost of your basic input, and that would be oil. You have that cost going up. And the stuff that you make, gas, well, there's enough of it out there. So you aren't making as much as you were. I'm not saying that they're going to come crashing down, but I can find better values in other places. Hopefully, you've been keeping a list of some really good companies that you want to buy when when they go on sale. If you don't have a list, well, you can go back and listen to some of the past shows where we talk about folks like Apple and Synchrony Financial and Snap-on. You can go back and listen to those shows. I hope you found this useful. If you have a question for the show, let us know. You can email me at podcast at xmlfg.com. That's podcast, which is plural, at xmlfg.com. We need to go. We've run out of time. We'll be back next Wednesday. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, They're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor. The Standard & Poor's 500 Index is a capitalization-weighted index of 500 stocks designed to measure performance of the broad domestic economy through changes in the aggregate market value of 500 stocks representing all major industries.